If the saying is true that life is the sum of the decisions you make, then what happens when a major life change occurs that wasn't your choice? Hi, and welcome to Think Well, Think Better. I'm your host, Tom Latona. I'm an artist, a writer, and a storyteller. And in April 2020, amid the global COVID pandemic, I was unexpectedly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. The timing of these two major life events have helped to reshift my thinking and reshape my mindset as I move forward into a confusing world on the outside while managing an unpredictable autoimmune disease on the inside. Think Well, Think Better is a podcast aimed to raise awareness for those in the MS community and to serve as a source of support and inspiration, not just for those whose lives are impacted by this confusing and devastating illness, but for anyone who could benefit from making personal improvements in their lives. Think Well, Think Better is a story of overcoming obstacles and of reinvention, told through the unique lens of my life, and I share it with the hopes that it might help others along their journey. So join me as we discuss a wide range of topics aimed at personal self-development and share strategies to help face life's challenges with a more informed and improved way of thinking. Change starts in the mind, and if one wishes to think well, then let's start thinking better. All right, there's a lot to discuss. Let's get to work. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Think Well, Think Better, Living Well with MS. I am Tom, I am your host, of this podcast, and my beautiful co-host lady is napping on the couch, as usual. Lucky dog. Anyway, back in the real world where we have things to do, I am uh, doing a little bit of housekeeping for the podcast, so let me steal a couple seconds of your life and just explain what's going on. Um, First and foremost, uh, the last episode I published... I received a tremendous amount of outreach and support from the listeners of the podcast, um, and that was really cool. So thank you for that. I really wanted to make sure I didn't uh, lose sight of 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 that. I wanted to make it a point. Uh, that did mean a lot to me to just hear people reach out and, and and say what they said. It was very supportive, very loving, very kind, and um, it's very much appreciated. Oh, look who's up, making noise as I'm talking. Thank you for joining. That's Lady. She's pitter-pattering around, if you could hear. Um, secondly, I was... I became aware that in, in that very last episode as well, um, I was making a reference to the time period of April 2020, and I think I alluded to it being the era of, like, sourdough starters and... Uh, Joe Exotic, and I think I may have erroneously said Lion King. Um, I meant Tiger King. Uh, sorry if that confused anyone. Um, I never actually watched the Tiger King, so I don't know too much about it, but, you know, I'm aware of things. Uh, anyway, the that got me thinking, though, and this has just been on my mind for a while, and I'm just going to take this opportunity to just kind of blast it out there so I could just leave this out of my brain for the rest of my life, hopefully, but... I thought maybe someone who's listening might have insight and can help me solve this little mystery that I have going on. Um, 
on the topic of the Lion King, the Disney film, the cartoon, the animated film, um, first of all, masterpiece, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> but there's something that's always bugged me about that. And it, it kind of, let me just explain what's going on. So, you know, you know, the Lion King It's the story of Simba and his dad and, and dude, lions doing what they're doing. And there's this, you know, cavalcade of characters and they all have names that are, they, they feel culturally relevant to the world that's being built there. You know, so you have a Simba, uh, Mufasa, Nala, Timon, Zazu, Puma, Pumba, Pumba, is it Pumba? Pumba, um, Rafiki. I mean, these names feel like they belong in that world, you know? And then because every story requires a protagonist and an antagonist, the antagonist is named Scar. Just, just Scar. Which in and of itself, okay, sure, maybe I would just assume that was some sort of culturally appropriate name, until you realize that Scar, the character, has a visible scar on his face, which begs the question, was he born and given like a name like Mufasa or Zazu or something like that, and then had an accident in which he was permanently and visibly disfigured, and then everyone started calling him Scar which is a dick thing to do. But the opposite would be that he was born and they were like, let's just call him Scar because he has a scar. Or did he, was he named Scar and then got the scar and everyone thought it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. But either way, it doesn't explain why he's the bad guy. I guess what I'm saying is, if you're looking for a villain story, look no further than The Lion King. Because I, I want to say that Scar isn't that bad of a dude, but the world was just really shitty to him. You know, he ends up hanging out with hyenas and he's all in the shadows and the dark and plotting and scheming demise. And I think I would too if I walked around and everyone called me Scarbrain. You know, because I have 31 of these <laughs> on, on, on my, my big ball of meat in my skull. But you can't see it, right? So it's not a visible thing. So nobody calls me Scarbrain. But if I had a scar on my face and everyone started calling me Scar, I think I would turn into a villain myself. So I don't know. Anyways, that was just a thought. It's always bugged me. And if anyone out there knows anything about this, like maybe there's a backstory of Scar that I'm unaware of, I would love to find out. Because it just seems, um, it seems like maybe Disney could have done a little better job at that, you know? I mean, they they try to be inclusive, but, you know, whatever. It's neither here nor there. Uh, Also, and this can't be overstated enough, in my opinion, Hans Zimmer went nuts on that soundtrack. Absolutely nuts. Did not have to go that hard for it, but he did, and I appreciate him for it. What a genius musician, Hans Zimmer. Um, Okay, so if anyone has any word on scar please let me know drop it in the comments below as they say smash that like button as they say um let me know because this has been bugging me for a couple years and i I need answers (laughs) all right on with the show
Okay, so today I wanted to talk about the idea of good problems to have. So a lot of this stemmed from some recent uh, meditations I was working through. Um, where I noticed that if, in my case specifically, uh, given the story I'm trying to tell through this podcast of the just complete totality of upheaval that happened in my life. Um, I know I'm not the only person on the planet who's ever had their life, you know, turned upside down. These things do happen. There's a commonality there, and that's really what I'm trying to tap into. Uh, because it it consumes me at times, just the entirety of it. You know, and I think I've said before that there's little to none parts of my life that feel or look anything close to what they looked like three years ago when this all started. Um, and even before that, to be honest with you. So it, it's, it's, it gets confusing at times because as I'm navigating the uncertainty of MS, which is a, you know, shifts daily, day to day. I mean, so does life, but MS seems to move a little bit quicker. I've noticed so as I'm navigating those waters, I'm just trying to piece together all the things I need to stay and that can go and, and just really understanding and embracing the idea of letting go and understanding what it means and what it really entails. And it's, you know, it becomes a lot. Uh, and I noticed at one point I had gotten myself into a habit of when I spoke about my story to people, you know, who I trusted, um, it, it felt like I was just rattling off a grocery list of all the shit that was wrong in my life, you know? And it was just like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then, oh, oh my God, I forgot about that. I, I can't remember the time I had a sinus infection. I remember that. That was terrible, you know? And, like, it, the truth is it was all of those things, one after another, on top of another, right in between two other ones. It really did happen on a condensed timeline. But it wasn't doing me any good of just continually replaying that that narrative. You know, I was just trying to explain to people who I was close with what's happening in my life. But I was really doing myself a disservice by kind of buying into it. I was slowly becoming a victim of my own story. And this was a good realization for me to have a painful one, but a good one, because it forced me to really hone in and, 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 and start concentrating on the, the good things, you know? Uh, so it's not just enough to say, Hey, think positive. Like that's hard to do when you're in the shit storm. It's good advice. It's just difficult to do. Um, and it's not that people don't want to think positive or they don't want to live a healthy lifestyle or they don't want to feel good. And people do, of course we do. But life sometimes interferes with that to a degree that we tend to become imprisoned by it. You know, we become just sort of in our own jail in our, in our heads and our emotions. And we're just locked into this, well, this thing happened and now this. So when I recognized that that was a pattern that I had, I set out pretty quickly to figure out ways to dismantle all of that and then reconstruct something that felt healthier for me.
Now, none of this is to say that I don't have, quote, problems in my life. Of course I do. I have multiple sclerosis. Um, I don't have to look far to find a problem. You know, it'll come. It's coming. There's probably one later today. I don't know. Um, I could rattle off a list of medical ailments I'm currently battling with right now, but what's the point? You know, like, I'm not trying to minimize MS, but at the same time, I don't have to keep propping it up and making it a thing. You know, I have optic neuritis. I can't see out of my left eye. Deal with it. I still have a right eye. All right, move on. You know, it's being handled. It's being taken care of. And time just needs to do what it does. I don't, I didn't ask to be blind in one eye temporarily, fingers crossed. Um, But that's what's going on. So to talk about it is not to complain about it. But it's just to explain the mindset that I had to adapt to get to a point where I say, okay, um, I can't see out of my eye. And the day that happened, as a matter of fact, uh, it's kind of a funny story. I was driving um, somewhere that I really wanted to go. It was a weekend kind of trip that I had been looking forward to for a long time. And my vision started to blur, and I thought, wow, this is an inconvenient time for this to happen. But I wasn't going to let it stop it, uh, my trip. I, it was something I needed to go investigate for myself. So I got in my car, and I was driving, and of course I hit whiteout conditions, blizzard. This was about a month ago. And I thought, <laughs> okay, isn't this just great? I literally can't see anything in front of me. I couldn't even see taillights, and I was on the, the throughway. Um, And I thought, well, wait a minute, I can't see really out of my left eye, but the conditions outside makes it so no one can actually see. So it kind of, in my mind, leveled the playing field. And I figured it out, you know, just drive slower and uh, try not to hit anything. And eventually that snowstorm will end. Like all storms in our life, it'll end. Um, And what I didn't really realize until afterwards was I was driving into the storm which means I was cutting down my time in the storm immensely. If I was going the other direction, it would have been behind me and it would have just been following me the entire time or enveloping me. But I was driving right into the storm, as it was. And although it was about an hour, hour and a half of driving in very slow, very whiteout conditions, it dawned on me that this, the more I drive forward, the sooner I'll get through the thick of it and then be out the other side of it. And just like that, the skies opened up and it was clear sailing from there. And I was just back to being somewhat blurred in one eye. Um, you know, these are the small sort of realizations that pop into my head more frequently now than they did previous to three years ago, uh, only because... I've had to train myself to start seeing these good problems in life, you know, Uh, and I use it to encourage myself because even after that, I was like, hey, listen, half blindness, whiteout blizzard conditions still didn't slow me down, did not stop me. At no point did I think about doing a U-turn. I said, I'm going forward and that's that. There was no plan B. I'm doing this, you know, um, That takes a ton of courage to just push into the unknown like that. And it's not a totally foreign concept to me, but I I find myself understanding it more and more now and relying on that ability 
to just say, fuck it, let's go. You know, um, time is short. And that was the timing for me to do that weekend. And it was going to happen regardless. All those other problems were just good problems to have along the way. The vision helped, or the, the problems I was having with my eyesight wasn't necessarily affecting my vision, if you know what I mean. Uh, I was seeing clearer, even though I was seeing cloudy. Um, I felt more connected and more focused in the middle of a whiteout condition blizzard where I honestly didn't even know if I was on the road at one point. Um, but I knew I wasn't upside down and I was touching ground and that was good enough for me. It's a weird way to get to giving up the idea of control, which is something I talk about quite often. Um, it's controlling the things you can control and letting go of what you cannot. Now, that doesn't necessarily always mean you disregard what you cannot control or you throw out what you can't control or you completely block those things out of your life. If you need to, and it makes sense for your health to do that, then by all means do that. But the idea of letting go is just saying, I cannot stop the snow from falling. So let's move forward anyways. Letting go is saying, I understand optic neuritis is causing inflammation and affecting my vision, but there is nothing I can do about that right now. There's nothing I did to make it happen. There's nothing I can do to make it not happen right now. So stressing over it, worrying about it, and letting it impact and affect my life in any way other than a healthy way is just not going to happen for me. That's a non-negotiable where I come from. So I, I, I don't see them as not problems. They are problems. They're hiccups. They're obstacles. They're those little bumps in the road that you're unaware of and you're going 35 and you boop, and messes up your, uh, your shocks pretty bad. That's part of life. These are, were always part of my life and they will continue to be a part of my life. They're the little like mosquitoes, if you will, of life. This is, you know, this is, like they're annoying, but they're there. And sometimes they bite you and then you scratch it and then it's bigger and then you're in that whole thing. And sometimes they leave you alone for a while. But I found that when I started approaching every, I'm here quoting here, problem with the same intensity uh, and positivity that I, I was finding it harder to call them good or bad problems, really. There was just, this is this thing I have to handle. I have to. It's required of me. I have to take care of this thing. I have to do this. So I do it. And I don't do it, I don't, I don't mean to say have to as in an obligation from an external source, like, um, you know, hey, if I don't do this, this person will be mad at me. No, that's changed as well. Uh, I used to be more available for people to kind of dump their shit on me and have me help solve their problems. Um, that's not my job in life, though. I have, you know, my things I need to solve. I would 
love to be able to help people through their stuff. But I also notice that most people just want to complain. They don't actually want to find solutions. They just want someone to complain at about their shit. So realizing that, it made me go back and sort of look how I was approaching my story and telling that narrative, this is what happened to me. It was never, what was me? It was just, listen to this shit storm, this grocery list of blah that happened in my life. The problem was I did it one time too often and I started to program myself to say, this is how I talk now. This is how I talk. It's always about MS. It's always about what's going on. And it's always blah, blah, blah problem. And I'm glad I caught it in time. And I reversed course. And I just started inserting positive messaging into it. To myself. This is me talking to myself. Saying, okay, you know, vision's not 100% right now. That's fine. You still have another... You have your right eye, and that's working just fine. You could squint and maybe wear an eye patch, look like a pirate. Who knows? <laughs> have fun with it. Um, it. It's the situation. It is what it is. What are you going to do about it? Cry? Complain? Nobody gives a shit. Anyways. You know? So in the world of, of MS, that has helped me to understand that point even more, which is a, a purpose for gratitude there. Without the diagnosis of, of MS, I would have never, I would have never fully understood what is happening in my body, and therefore I would not have been able to change my attitudes and my thinking patterns towards that. So where it gets messy for me, and we're going to be exploring this further in the podcast because it's kind of an expansive story. I was diagnosed three years ago. But I think the initial onset of multiple sclerosis happened uh, maybe 14 or 15 years ago. So there's a chunk of time in my life where I was dealing with MS symptoms and relapses. And I didn't know it. That's kind of heavy. I didn't know. No one knew. I mean, no one was looking for it. It wasn't on anyone's radar. And I could see where now I could see where there's like, okay, well, what about that thing? Well, yeah, now I understand that as a symptom of my MS, but I wasn't looking for it 12 years ago. So I just thought it was because my back hurt because I have disc problems. And, you know, you make rational, reasonable choices based on the information that you have at the time. Now that I've gained more information on this, I can see, oh, boy, okay, 08, yeah, no, that was a thing, you know, oh, summer of, you know, 2015, got it, I was, having, I was right smack dab in the middle of a major relapse, unknown to me, I just thought I was going a little crazy, to be honest with you. So as we explore deeper into that, it's worth mentioning because until I can find a sort of cohesive narration for all of this, I'm just going to keep plucking away at telling the little stories the way I know how to do them and sharing the insights along the way that I know um, that makes sense to me. But I hope that they also make sense to other people because I think we're all just 
kind of t- when how can I say this? When we're talking about life, I think we're all talking about the same thing. We're just using different words, different languages, different words. And those words have concepts that we've constructed in our own minds of what they mean. And oftentimes that could be a great connector because if you're speaking the same language, people understand you. If you are speaking a different language, using different words with different connotations to it, the listener might not be hearing what you're saying because their mind is in that pattern of he said this word, so now I'm sort of trailing off and I'm thinking about my experience with that word and not listening to the speaker. This is something that I've become acutely aware of because as I try to speak, period, but as I try to speak about my experience, I don't, I don't have a vocabulary in the, in the language that I know that best explains what I've been through. So I'm borrowing at times from other people's metaphors and analogies and helping that shape my story because I know my story comes from a place of creation, of like creativity, you know. And as an artist, I've been an artist my entire life. I just see the world the way I've always seen it. I just see it a little bit clearer now. Things make more sense to me now because I have more information, um, because I'm learning this new language, you know. So part of my job as an artist is to take broad, abstract, esoteric at times concepts and dilute them down and maybe add a little Kool-Aid mix to it and flavor it in a way that someone listening who doesn't have to go through my personal experience, which you can't anyways, but a similar type of experience would say, oh, that's what he's, okay, I get it. That's what he's talking about. So it's really a study in language and and a study in communication and how as humans do we communicate? How do we share what we know? You know, intuitively our brains are wired to protect our own existence. So sharing information such as um, if we were millions of years ago, we might say there's a you know, saber-toothed tiger in that bush. Don't go that way. And someone doesn't listen to you and then they get mauled by a saber-toothed tiger. Well, you know, you tried to warn them, but you weren't speaking the same language. We don't have to worry so much about saber-toothed tigers now, but we are still trying to preserve our own existence and we seem to be yelling at a lot. We're just yelling at people. Um, I think it's frustration. I think it's confusion. I think it's because nobody has figured out one way to say something. And I don't think there should be one way to say something. I think the joy in it is figuring out all of these different modalities of living and speaking and communicating with each other and doing it in a respectful way where we understand we're probably all talking about the same thing anyways. We are just trying to find the common thread, the common ground, that, that one thing that we could say, yes, that. Okay, that. You mean that when you say that. So therefore, I now have a 
more information about how your brain works, how you see the world and how you communicate it, I'm starting to understand what you're saying. That's something that has become very, very uh, important for me in this. Because if it was just I have accepted that I have MS and I'm just going to move on with life, business as usual, I wouldn't be talking about it. I would just be moving on with my life. And I think, I'm almost positive this is true, that if my diagnosis had come six months prior to COVID, I don't know if I'd be doing a podcast. I think I would have stayed in that that pattern that I was. I got the news. I accepted it. It's a health-related thing. It's a deeply personal thing. I would have just navigated my way through life because up to that point, my life was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was, you know, I was okay. I was successful in my business and, um, you know, I had a good friend circle and it wasn't bad. I didn't hate my life at all. Um, there were parts that needed work and I was ignoring them or for reasons, but overall it was, it was a good life. But the timing of the diagnosis with this global change that happened, um, it's just, I can't separate the two as much as I try to. And so for me, it's, there is no returning back to what was. I just simply can't. Um, it, It doesn't exist anymore. I couldn't go back to it if I wanted to, and I certainly don't want to. So it leaves me in a pretty interesting spot because at no point now, today, I mean, maybe two and a half years ago, I could not have said this honestly, but as I sit here today, like I, I have a, I have a one hour plan. I know what I'm doing in an hour. I know what I'm doing later tonight. I know what I'm doing in the weekend. I know what I'm doing a week from now. I have a five-year plan. This is crazy for me because two years ago I had, I didn't even have a five-minute plan. Um, I have future goals. I have long-term goals. I have short, I'm, I'm back at it. I'm, I got the mojo back. This is where I was previous to diagnosis, previous to COVID. It's just a different uh, path I'm on. It was like a, the metaphor of a ship sailing and a big storm comes and kind of knocks you off course. And then you end up, you know, I don't know, discovering the new world and being super racist and having a day named after you, Christopher Columbus. He got blown off course. He didn't actually find anything. He just was a poor navigator. But that's not the point. The metaphor of the ship sailing off course, once you figure out that you're off course, you can then start figuring out how to either get back on course or just explore whatever's in front of you. And that's eventually where I got to. It just took some time. It took some time. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of sitting still, sitting quietly, removing myself from distractions. It was a lot. It was a process, and I had no guides for it. I had no handbook for it. I had no real understanding of what was happening real time. Therefore, it was difficult for me to gauge if it was good for me or not. You know? 
So I had to trust myself. I had to trust the moment. I had to get to a place where I was so connected with my source, my own inner energy, and I just listened to that voice. And every time I did, it would lead me somewhere with a new experience and doors would open and I would discover some new information that would help me. And then I would take that and it would lead me somewhere else. And every time I listened to that voice, it was there. And there were a few times where I went counter to that, where I, I, the voice wasn't talking to me or was telling me to go left. And I just, mm, I was stubborn, you know, and, like, and I'm going to go right. And, you know, you learn a lesson that way, which is still a great thing. I, you know, hey, okay, lesson learned. <laughs> Listen to the voice. You know, sometimes these, we're a little hard headed as, as a species and we need to learn a few things a couple times before we really get it. So I take all that in stride, and, and they're all good problems to have. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. This is, this is where I'm at now, and I love it. I get it. I understand it. There's a lot of things I don't understand. But I'm beginning every day to, to realize that all the work and all the, all the real deep work, the meaningful work, the self-investigation work, um, all of that was just compounding itself quietly in the dark. You know, I didn't have anything to show for it. I didn't need anything to show for it. I just at times I, I got impatient. I would say things or think things to myself like, well, I should be here by now, you know. And I would almost immediately catch it and say, what is, what is here why do I think that's where I need to be? And who says that the timeline is accurate just because I think it, you know? Um, these are kind of weird things to talk about out loud to yourself in a room, to a podcast. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I say it because I, this is stuff I'm really interested in. I'm trying to just figure out a way to communicate it where I just don't sound like a guy who's saying some kind of hippy-dippy stuff on, on, on a podcast. Um, I just understood very early on after the diagnosis during the COVID lockdowns that I had entered into a new space, a new dimension. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, I, I just remember looking back and saying, there's nothing back there anymore. It's all forward from here. And I just had to get busy working at figuring out what the hell that is. I mean, what is it? What What is going on? The world, the world is different. I'm different. I feel different. I finally have more information. I could, I could, I could put a name to the weird achy pain I had. Oh, okay. That's multiple sclerosis. What the hell is multiple sclerosis? Oh my God. Nobody has the same one. Am I making it up? Is it just in my head? I mean, are they, is it a misdiagnosis? Am I being lied to? Is this deep state? What is this? You know, your mind can just spiral. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not living life like that. I am, I am not going to go through life being suddenly some anxious, like nervous wreck kind of person. That is never who I was. And I have no intention of ever being that. So I, I just I did what I needed to do. And I was figure out what the hell this is. Get some feet, uh, some ground under my feet. Get some steady 
steadiness. I just needed something to steady myself during those storms, you know? They were, they were tough. They were big monsoons. But I survived it. And I want to share the story because I know there's others out there who are going through very similar things. Or at least say, oh my God, yeah, I understand the storms of life. I can share what I've done that worked for me. It might not work for you. But I'll also share the things that didn't work for me. There are things that didn't work in, in the beginning. And now they are uh, just the number one thing in my life. So timing matters too. But I'll share those experiences because I also understand why it didn't work in the beginning and why it works now. And it wasn't it. It was me and my approach to it. And it's always about understanding on a much deeper level what it is and why it is. Because if you can understand those two things, you can conquer anything. I believe it. Um, yeah. I think I varied off my point somewhere along the way there. So let's wrap this up. I, I would just like to say this. You're always going to have problems. You're always going to have something that's going to get in your way. That doesn't mean it's a problem. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It might just be an opportunity to stop for a second, just pause, and look at what that thing is. There's a lesson to be learned in everything. Your job, our jobs, my job, is to figure out what that lesson is and then utilize it. Share it with somebody. Implement it into your own life. It might not be that thing in your life that automatically pushes you into where you want to go, but it's a step in the right direction. It's, it's, it's a heading. It's at least not wandering in circles. It's something. Don't discount it. It's important. So I'm going to end today with a quote from one of my favorite writers. This might become a new thing. Maybe I'll just end every episode with a quote because I love quotes. Um, when I was about 18 or 19, I had a friend uh, loan me a book of poetry which, you know, not many 18-year-old dudes walk around reading poetry, but this one was special. This was special. Uh, I never, at that point, never heard of the author, and uh, now has become uh, one of my favorite, not only authors and poets, but just knowing he existed um, and left a legacy behind uh, encourages me daily. And so for many years I've been reading Charles Bukowski, um, and what he wrote was, what matters most is how well you walk through the fire. If you're getting burned, keep your chin up, shoulders back, chest out. What matters is how well you walk through this fire. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Think Well, Think Better. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are intended for informational entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for professional medical advice. I realize our time is our most valuable resource. 
So if you chose to spend yours with me today, thank you very much. And if you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. If you found value in this podcast, why not share it and recommend it with a friend to help grow and support awareness for the MS community? As always, you can join the conversation on Instagram at thinkwellthinkbetter underscore podcast or email me at thinkwellthinkbetter at gmail.com. Love you all. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.